Hey everyone, welcome to our first special episode, a tribute to Wes Craven. I'm Josh. And I'm Al. I'm Mitch. Ever since, you know, we heard the, the sad news of Wes Craven's passing, um, unfortunately, you know, he, he died of brain cancer, which is, you know, any cancer in its you know, particular form is horrible. Yeah. Um, yeah, he hadn't been in the limelight for a while, so, you know, like most things, you take it for granted until they're gone, you know, and yeah, that was, that was shocking and sad to hear of his passing. I personally thought, you know, he had more to give. You know, I expected another movie from him, uh, you know. At least one or two more, if yeah, not cause, written. Because it had been a while, so. Yeah. I guess he was a lot older than I thought he was. I, I think he was like 76. Yeah. 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 So I thought I thought maybe he was probably more like in his 60s or something. But yeah, he was. Yeah. So, yeah. Seems like anymore that's the prime age, though, for, for the directors. I mean, you look at Clint Eastwood. Yeah, well, he's, he's like, like, shoot, he's in his eighties and he's right? still making yeah. movies. He just works out a lot. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> he's angry. Get off my damn film! <laughs> <laughs> you should make a horror movie. That'd be interesting. Clint Eastwood. He kind of did. Well, it's not. I don't. I don't know. I wouldn't call it horror, but he did uh, play Misty for me, which is more oh, somewhat of a horror. Movie. Yes, it's yes, more of a thriller. But exactly, yeah. But yeah, that was one of the first movies he directed. And yeah, so he was a radio DJ who had this woman that was stalking him crazy. He had a one night stand with her, and then she turned psycho. Isn't yeah. that always the case? Yeah, women get the D, and then I, they go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> happens to me every time. You know, God, <laughs> stay away. Yeah, just have that effect on women. Huh? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Well, unfortunately, Wes didn't make it into in his eighties, but um, you know we still have all the memories of his work and interviews. You know, thankfully we got YouTube and all that good stuff. We can always, and of course, you know we can go rent his movies or buy them. He left yeah. a large body of work. Yes, That's he did, sure. <laughs> and a lot of bodies on that work. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you can still hear the screams. Yes, yeah. So, you know, in preparation for this episode, I did I did some research on him, of course. Um, I didn't go all out, but I didn't want to make it like a two-hour show. But basically, I pulled some uh, interesting facts here. Um, he was born uh, Wesley Earl Craven, and he grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. And he didn't see a real movie until he was in his late teens. Uh, he grew up in a strict religious home, and they only allowed him to watch Disney movies. So You know, it always seems like those who watch, you know, or have strict parents always grow up to be the well, craziest. Look at Marilyn craziest. Manson, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so, so uh, oppressed, and so they want to, so they spend their entire youth, uh, you know, like re- repressing stuff, and so then they're like, let's take a walk on the wild side for the rest of my life. What's well, the thing that's fascinating about him? Like, I always thought that's who he was, and I mean, it, obviously that's who he became. But when he first started in the profession, like he didn't have any, you know, ideas for like a horror movie or anything like that. He, um, in fact, his first movie he ever saw was To Kill a Mockingbird. And, you know, he just was kind of hooked after that. He uh, became a, a professor, uh, taught uh, humanities um, at uh, Clarkson College in Potsdam, New York. And I guess in that town, they had this uh, art house. They played um, mid-60s cinema. Hmm. So he basically just made up for lost times. <laughs> and within all those uh, movies he saw, there were some horror movies, but they were considered art films. See, when did Grindhouse come into effect? Was that in the 70s? I believe so. Okay, yeah. so that was before so. the... Okay, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, that's an interesting part about him. Is like he, he was kind of this innovator. Well, I mean, there's horror movies, but they weren't anything uh, quite like what he wound up making. So there really wasn't so much of a template for what 
for the kind of movies he made. Right. He so, pretty much set the set the course. So he took yeah. the Grindhouse movies and made them into A-list movies. Somewhat. I well, I mean, he had the Hammer horror movies, you know, with Frankenstein and Dracula and stuff like True. that. Probably when he was, that we were out when he was a kid, but he didn't. You know, yeah. there was no like extreme gore or anything like that. Anything crazy in, in any movies. Yeah. Uh, like he didn't really make like he didn't really make the genre like a list, but he introduced new elements that hadn't been really. Uh, introduced before, you know, well, and it was the you know when he started making movies, it was the seventies, so there was a lot of new things being introduced True. to movies at that yeah. time. A lot of things regarding um, you know uh, graphic nature, or violence, or you know sexuality or race or whatever. You know, just a lot of groundbreaking work being churned out in that time. So. Yeah, well, yeah, and that's that's the thing. Like he, you know, a lot of, uh, an interviewer asked him, you know what he thought led him to horror and he just said oh maybe it's my dark sense of humor he you know he didn't no. really have a, a concrete answer but he kind of fell into it because he um went out to learn how to make films in new york and through a friend mm-hmm. his friend had um he was able to get some financing from like a boston um uh, cinema company they wanted him to make a horror movie so he approached Wes about it and said, "Hey, how, would you like to make a movie?" And you know, and Wes was like, "Oh, I don't really know much about horror, but yeah, he um, he actually uh, would go on to write and direct the Last House on the Left, 1972. Wow! And that was about a pair of teenage girls who were headed to a rock concert on one of their birthdays, and then they were trying to score some marijuana in the city. So they ended up being kidnapped by a gang of uh, psychotic convicts." And out of all of us, Al caught this movie. Like it was ten years ago, you saw it. Yeah, I saw it uh, about ten years ago, and like I, I think I was telling you guys before, I, it was kind of a fad where I was watching some of the older horror movies from the you know late sixties and uh, through the seventies. So I watched you know the original John Carpenter's Halloween, and I watched this one because I'd heard it was really good. And uh, and so I, the thing I remember m- about it most is just how disturbing it was. It's probably as far as disturbing movies go, and how how much it. Uh, just how unsettling it was. It's probably second behind Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer for me. But Henry <laughs> Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer is stars Michael Rooker, who's who uh, he and this guy named Otis. They're both psychos. They go on this killing spree and like they're videotaping their victims before they kill them, stuff like that. This was right up there for me because it had uh, and both movies have like this r- rape in it and murder, and and it was just really super disturbing. I can't believe that's his first movie. It's like. Because this is probably the seventy early seventies. Not too many movies are made like this, so this is really they're really pushing the boundaries back then. So, and now to these days, well, these days it would still be controversial. Oh yeah, but um, because it you know it'd be rated R for sure. I mean, I, I watched just trailers or clips from these movies, and yeah. they were very just you know yeah. hardcore. I mean, the scene I remember most that disturbed me the most was like he went you know one of these convicts. I think the lead one like raped this girl and like. After he raped her, like he like shot her, like while she was like he put her in the water or something. Then he shot her after she was in the water drowning or something. I don't know. It was it was messed up. It was really messed up. Well, he and then yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh yeah, and then later in the story, I think like uh, yeah, some of the convicts, some bad stuff happens to them. Like they get their comeuppance, I think. But uh, then in in, the, in this, the violence is pretty graphic for the time. So yeah, I mean for a first movie, that's pretty that's pretty out there. So. That still sounds pretty controversial. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I I couldn't believe. It. I'm like for a really old movie. This is uh, like I said. It's probably the second most disturbing movie I've ever seen. So I, I I have no desire to ever watch it again because 
And the same thing with Henry Porter, the serial killer. I mean, that's not his movie, but I mean, yeah, that's doesn't mean they're both. horrible. But it's like one of those, like, hey, I want to watch this five yeah. times or for whatever. people who really want to be. Yeah, if you want horror, or you want to be disturbed. Yeah, I mean, there's these sort of type of movies. So we basically did a lot of overkilling in the beginning. Sounds like you know, um, really wanted to push the boundaries, see where he could get. Yeah, well, yeah. in fact, he wrote the first script in two days, and it was inspired by the Virgin Spring by Bergman. Um, I didn't dig into what that means, but I, that story. Well, that's another. That's a movie that by Ingmar Bergman. Who's, but okay, I don't think that had anything to do with. Uh, well, I don't know. I guess I don't know exactly the plot of it, but well, he said something he, tells me it was much tamer. Yeah, well, yeah, of course. But he said that inspired this movie. I guess he also said that uh, all the brutality came from uh, just it hadn't been shown yet in movies, and he just decided to to change it. You know, usually you see movies they cut away. He decided not to cut away and just show everything. So he basically. Shot it like a documentary, I guess. It was long takes at different angles. And after some of the gruesome scenes, uh, he and the crew would break, you know, for lunch. And he noticed, like, everyone around him, they weren't eating. And he wasn't either. So he kind of knew that he was on to something. Yeah. Even though it was grotesque, but still at the time, you know, a lot of people today appreciate what he's done. And, you know, like, in the beginning, like, personally, I haven't seen these movies. I'm more... I'm more of the 80s and on type and of... See, in the 80s, uh, th- those are much more... To me, even though they're really graphic, they're gruesome, they're, it's, uh, it's the violence in that is a lot more silly. It's just, they're hokey. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like there's yeah. the fountains of blood and stuff. It's not as this realistic, like... Because yeah. didn't, didn't so, um, the Poltergeist come out in the 70s? I mean, it, they... I, I think it was or late was that, 70s or maybe early 80s, the first yeah. one. Yeah. Because it seems like 70s horror was a lot darker and dirtier, and they oh, weren't yeah. afraid to go deep into the rabbit hole. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think 70s movies in general, like you had like The French Connection, uh, a lot of movies that took you further than you ever had. And so, yeah, yeah. of course, that, that translated to that genre. I, I remember seeing the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and I remember at the time, like, I watched like a, you know, um, a documentary on the history of horror movies and people were like having heart attacks and fainting at these screenings for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So I finally saw it years later when I was a teenager and yeah, it's I grotesque. Mean, it's, 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 grotesque. it's so messed up because the quality is so poor and that's what makes it so much more believable. Right. It looks it looks more real. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but now you have all these cinematic things and they try to clean it up. What was great about, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is just because it was, you know, as about as cheap as you can make it. Yeah, and it was based off like a true story. Not, I mean, obviously not entirely from the yeah. actual story, but the, they took like the concept and adapted it. But yeah, that's uh, it was. Yeah, it was really low budget, gruesome. Yeah, it didn't hold back. That's for sure. Well, I think that serial killer Ed Gein. He inspired a bunch of horror movies. He inspired Psycho, the character in Psycho. He also inspired uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre mm-hmm. character in that. So yeah, wow. Yeah, and of course, after he made this movie, a lot of his friends were offended, and you know they didn't really want to talk to him too much for a yeah, while. Yeah, I, I that, that, <laughs> after I saw that movie, I'm like, yeah, it's not the kind of movie I ever want to see again. No. But, but well, thing, why would you shun a guy for making a good movie? Yeah, right. Of course, well, maybe they well, didn't know at that back time you'd never be. seen anything quite like that before. Yeah. You know, it's like it's it's more like and yeah, if you uh, it's, it's got to age a little bit for yeah. you to, to I guess look at it and say, oh yeah, you know, our our generation is desensitized to violence in movies. Yes. you know, so and you know when you're raised in the '50s or '40s or '50s, you know, it's a totally oh different. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a different yeah. world. 
it's like <laughs> mother it's cover your eyes <laughs> i would yeah. kind of equate that to like meeting and having some friends that you know for the first time and they don't really know who you are yeah until you tell that one dirty joke that, yeah you know, right right you've told a million times to your closest friends and they kind of go huh where are you guys going uh okay <laughs> door slams car that drives guy off. yeah right 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 exactly and you know that the thing is he didn't even really want to make horror movies he just wanted to make movies and so basically uh after after that movie he took it looked like he took some time off uh probably to try to do other projects and uh basically he ended up doing his follow-up the hills have eyes which was released in 77 uh he basically did that movie because he was broke so he's kind of forced back into that genre. So, and that story was, I guess, uh, uh, people on their way to California. Um, they had the misfortune that their car broke down in an area that was close to the public and inhabited by violent savages who were ready to do whatever. So, I don't. Did you ever catch that one, Al? I, I haven't seen it. I heard it's really good too. Uh, shoot, I was. It's pretty much this, probably the same gruesome amount as the previous movie. <laughs> I would, I would imagine, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, there's a baby kidnapping in it, and uh, I mean, I oh, saw I yeah. saw short wow. clips, and it was very disturbing. Um, yeah, he just uh, basically uh, it was the movie itself was a retelling of a, um, uh, a Sawney Bean story. It's a Scottish folklore tale, I guess. I've heard about that. That's kind of interesting. It's it's based off of a family that basically uh, goes. They lived in Scotland. Uh, they were shunned by the town. So uh, the, what is it, brother and sister of the family go off into, and I could be wrong if it's brother and sister, but no, it's it's boyfriend-girlfriend. And they go off into the, um, in the ocean area on the beach, and they build up a, a community, but the whole community is inbred children of theirs. And in order to live, they basically hunt those who come walking around the place, but they only do the hunting at night. So oh, yeah. and their neighbor, they they have a whole group of people try to find them and they never can. Oh man! So if that's anything like this movie, it's yeah, I think it's got to exactly, be pretty gruesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, just yeah. I just was on IMDb and saw like a short clip and I was just like, wow. <laughs> it's not a movie you'd be like, hey, it's gonna be a fun night, guys. Let's yeah. let's put it in the movie. But yeah, uh, some uh, facts about the movie. I guess the film cameras were rented by a famous pornographer. <laughs> famous, yes, yeah, famous. I like how they use famous. Yes, like the Ron Burgundy of his, yeah, yeah. his profession. Careful, guys, you got to clean it up a little bit before you use them. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Let's wipe these cameras down. Rubbing alcohol. Wes was probably like, "Do we yeah. have to clean these? Why do these cameras have ultra zoom <laughs> <laughs> and feathers? What's going no, on? What's Baby up with powder. that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's just tar. Vaseline. Yeah, gosh. <laughs> I guess there was also a uh, dead dog featured in the movie, and this actually turned out to be a real dead dog. Uh, oh. Yeah, Wes bought it from the local sheriff's department. Oopsie doopsie. He just wanted to make it as real as possible, you know. Probably couldn't get away with that today. No. Yeah. How, yeah. Uh, you know, PETA would be there in a heartbeat. Yeah. Well, how do you even... How do you approach a police officer? Uh, uh, about, uh, hey, you yeah. got any dead dogs I could have for my production? Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, it was the 70s, you know, maybe. Once again, maybe, a lot of drugs. Maybe, you know, he said, hey, do you know where I got these cameras from? I could hook you up with some, some tapes, yeah. maybe, I don't know, or some reels, because they didn't have VHSs <laughs> back then. 
Sure. I, I would assume since, uh, since they're filming, like they probably had to inform the authorities, and so they, who so knows? They probably yeah. were in conversations with them. They're like, "Oh, we, we we're looking for props. What do you have?" And they're like, oh. "Oh, we have this dead dog from the side of the road, or something." You know, True. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, it could have been like they found it, and then the sheriff's department had to pick it up by law. But it's hard to say because you know, I think we had a lot of guerrilla filmmaking back then too. We did. You know, a lot of snuff films that. Yeah. That- so it's like supposedly yeah. weren't, but were right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, anything's possible. Fortunately, I don't have any more details other than he bought it from the sheriff's department. So bought it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That'll be the review. Wow. It's like pick out your dog. Okay, I want that oh my one. God. <laughs> pick out your dog. Is that doggy in the window? That one doesn't look dead enough. Can I have the other one? Thank you. Looking for about two flies and a couple of maggots. What's, what's his name? No. Yeah. <laughs> But I guess they, they filmed a lot of uh, desert scenes, and the temps got up to 120 degrees a day. Oh, wow. So it was really brutal on the crew. And I guess at night, it the temperatures dropped dramatically, so it, they just had to adapt. But yeah, very very grill-like filmmaking, really, if you if you look at it. So did he write these early movies, or did he or did he collaborate with people? Yes, you know? he, he wrote... Yeah, he wrote... Um, he wrote... Uh, yeah, he wrote Last House in the Hills oh. and Nightmare on Elm Street. Um we're, we're getting to these other ones, of it's course. Hard to, hard to imagine where he came up with this stuff. Well, such a such so, a crazy so, upbringing, you know, being so strict. What would make somebody go off the deep end to think about this? I don't right. know. I, I guess my mind well, wouldn't go there. But it's I probably, well, <laughs> if you think about it, it's probably purely the opposite. It's like I I was from you know maybe he thought expect he maybe thought people expected the exact opposite of how he was brought up. So he yeah. he went that way. You know, he went to the extreme, basically. Kind of like his his understanding of finally getting out into the real world, seeing all all these things that were kind of hidden from him, like murders and mm-hmm. stuff well, like that. Yeah. And so he tried to make sense of it through his movies. Well, yeah, and it's probably like it's probably like a, a up and coming kid a drinking for the first time. Oh, yeah. You go overboard or cigarettes. Sure. Give me that whole pack. I'm gonna smoke yeah. it once, and then you know, it's just probably like an overload. And you know, probably it was a good time for him to experiment that way because you know, obviously, you know. Earlier on, probably wouldn't have been that great. <laughs> probably would have been banned, really. But you know, uh, yeah. So after you know, the hills have eyes. Uh, yeah, the hills have eyes in '77. He uh, eventually uh, did a Nightmare on Elm Street, 1984, which is uh, basically the first uh, movie I remember of his. Uh, I mean, Freddy in general. I don't know if I saw the the first nightmare. You know, Just, what, what was, was with the long layoff between seventy seven and eighty four? That's a pretty long period of time. Where well, um, he actually, what happened was he filmed, he was pushed to do a sequel to The Hills Have Eyes. Oh, so he was filming that before Freddy or before Nightmare on Elm Street, and they had to wrap up shooting so he could make Nightmare on Elm Street, and then basically after Nightmare on Elm Street. He went back to part two to finish it, but the studio cut his budget, and they wouldn't let him shoot any more footage. So they basically recycled footage from the original Hills and put it into the cushion, the, the newer scenes. So the movie turned out to be terrible. So that's basically what he was doing between Nightmare, even though it came out after Nightmare. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Looks yeah. like he had some other smaller movies, too. Uh, Deadly Blessing in 1981. Oh, that's true, yeah. Uh, Swamp Thing with Adrian Barbo. Oh, wow. Oh, oh, yes, oh. yes. Her tea, her D cups of justice. Um, and then her The Hills tea. Have Eyes. I was like, uh, yeah, part two. you just bathe in that swamp. It's beautiful. Well, I didn't yes. know he did Swamp Thing. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, you know, I was trying to... I, I did more research, but I was trying to cut it down. Because I really did want to include Swamp Thing, because, you know, 
comic comic book yeah, related. It's yeah. A, it's actually a, you know we can talk about a little bit about. It. I don't know if you guys ever saw Swamp Thing. No, I haven't. I I it's, just didn't know he was attached. Good, to it's a pretty good movie, really. And it, you know it's uh it's got a few scary elements, but it did show range on his part. He wasn't just so the Swamp horror. Thing isn't really a horror movie. By, it, no, it's uh, by his standards, more of a thriller. There are some jump scenes, jumpy scenes, you know, because they're in the swamp and there's like mutated people. But it's all part of the comic book it's actually i recommend seeing it you know of course it's it's early 80s i believe so you know it's not gonna look the best but and guys adrian barbeau yes yes <laughs> hello yeah hello. there's a lovely scene where she's bathing in the swamp and yeah check adrian that out barbeau. Yeah. it's on netflix everybody last i knew so. oh yeah go for it not right now though we, we got to finish this no. yeah <laughs> <laughs> screenshot yeah so yeah, after all those projects, yes, he, um, he, you know, he started on The Hills Have Eyes too. Yeah, he's got a huge filmography, a lot of films. Um, I was just basically focusing on the ones like we kind of know of, um, although, of course, Swamp Thing, I didn't know of that one. But I basically was trying to keep it in the horror genre, you know, because that's, that's what I really know him for. And I think that's what we all know him for, mostly. But, but yeah, he could do more, definitely. It does seem like for a lot of a lot of movies that came out, a lot of it was just the characters that he created. So, you know, I think that you were saying the first Freddy was his. Yeah. And then everything else besides one other Freddy uh was not directed by him. Yeah, he so, he, yeah, he directed and wrote the first uh, Freddy and then the franchise went on without him and he went he came back for 3. He wrote 3, he didn't direct 3. And then it wasn't until A New Nightmare where he directed uh, another, you know, story of Freddy. Um, but yeah, the original Nightmare, of course, it was about uh, several people who were ha- uh, haunted by a, a cruel serial killer who kills his victims in their dreams. And when the survivors uh, are trying to find the reason for being chosen, the, the murderer, he won't uh, lose any chance to kill them as soon as they fall asleep. So this whole concept was... Uh, basically brought about where he was reading articles about healthy uh, people dying from nightmares, basically. So it kind of, you know, got his creative juices firing and stuff. So, yeah, it uh, and also the vision for Freddy came from an early childhood memory he had. There was a man, I guess, uh, dressed kind of like Freddy with, uh, with the sweater, the red, like well, the yeah, red yeah, and like black a baggy, sweater. yeah, the I red, think, gray, I think he whatever. was, yeah, I think he was a homeless man, and he had, you know, baggy clothes and torn and stuff, and he had a fedora, and <laughs> yeah, he saw him, he saw him uh, out of their apartment window, and it was for a long period of time, and I think the guy was staring at him, and it just scared him. So, well, of course, it, yeah, 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 the guy was staring at him. Like from the crossway, I guess he was walking and staring, and so yeah, that was a memory yeah. he had that he uh, you know applied to this movie, and yeah, the yeah, the basically the whole concept, the other rest of the concept was you know these young men, perfect health, dying from nightmares, and he named Elm Street um, uh, after I guess it it was there was an Elm Street in Potsdam, New York, where he where he taught, and that was like a small town south of the Canadian border. So that, that's little facts about the movie, and you know, of course, his goal with these films was to to face fear because fear was an enemy he considered, and you know, of course, we all consider that. But you know, out of all this, uh, when he was casting for the movie, he discovered Johnny Depp. So yeah, without that movie, who knows? You know, if Johnny Depp would have, he probably would have eventually became what he is now. But 
you know, uh, after what to start somewhere. Yeah, well, well, that's interesting though, considering that I always thought he was uh, Tim Burton's. Oh muse yeah, for forever. Yeah. yeah, and I think that got him more into the mainstream with uh, Edward Scissorhands. I think that was their yeah. first collaboration. But yeah, it is kind of like yeah, yeah, kind of. Uh, you could think either way, really. But yeah, he was, I guess, in a band at the time, and he's, he's still in a band. Uh, he was a musician, and he just needed money for the band, mm-hmm. and so he got this acting job. And I, I think Wes's daughter actually picked him out and said, you know, it, he, you got to cast him, you know, because he just, I guess, he was that good, and you know, and Depp, uh, you know, he did a tribute to Wes, uh, basically saying, you know, he was uh, he was the guy that gave him his start, so you know, he totally let him have that credit. And then years later, after um, you know many other sequels to the Nightmare on Elm Street, like I said before, Wes came back for the third one and helped write it because I guess two was a kind of a disaster, which is also on Netflix. So should check that out. <laughs> but have you seen it? Two? I, it's a long time ago. It is kind of trippy. Is it's it bad? A, uh, you know, I don't think it's that bad. Really, it's basically like a, a guy gets possessed and turns into Freddy. It's kind of interesting, but hmm. I. Uh. I to go back to uh, when we had our Des Moines Comic Con, I went to the Robert England panel, and he did say like they got it wrong in two. So oh, really? I need to go back and see, you know, if I can tell now because you know I was younger then. So yeah. it just was a Freddy movie to me. <laughs> it's you know? horror. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The funny thing is, I'm not even a big you know horror movie fan. I'm not. I, I kind of get the kicks out of it, you know. And like once a year for Halloween, I pretty much like. Yeah, let's watch some. You know, see, I thought I'm not a big horror guy either. To be honest, I, yeah, know? I've never been, never been one because it always seems like they use this just real, you know, textbook code of loud sounds, images that just come out of nowhere, stuff like that. Jumps, I mean, yeah. yeah, you can predict it. And yeah, then, yeah, and now and with now, the music, yeah, right, and and now you know with current movies, it's getting more like unpredictable again. And, and some it? of them are like they made. Uh, Gosh, The Conjuring. That was a big one lately. That was very scary. I actually watched that a year ago. It was very good. And it was, you know, about a haunted house, pretty much. But yeah, uh, a lot of them uh, shy away from the, the jumps. and I mean, they're, they're they? there, but you can't predict them as you used to. It's like, such a cliche. Like it's when they cool. shut the door of the it's mirror, amazing. you're like, oh, someone's yeah. there. The shower curtain, someone's there. And yeah, anymore now, they just have them coming out of any other place you know, so you can there's a little go. bit of that in nightmare but it, but that was new back then you yeah. know yeah no yeah <laughs> yeah and that's the, that's the whole thing like he he you know revolutionized a lot of things that are still used today especially with youth you know mm-hmm. of kids innocent kids you know they have sex 40. and then they die yeah yeah pretty much yeah uh, they shall die for know. their sins yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, you know, in the nightmare idea. I mean, if you look back in the older scary movies, it was always adults in situations. So this was a whole new, you know, whole yeah. new ground. And, and some of, some of the acting was kind of corny, and some, some of, of it, some yeah. of the lines are bad. But but I, I really liked the acting. I thought uh, Heather Langenkamp, uh, who was Nancy, I think, in that nightmare, she was yeah. really good. And the uh, yeah, I thought most of the kids in there were really good. Well, years so. later, when he returned to do another Freddy movie, because you know they're pretty much, I think. They pretty much it ran ran its course, and he came back and did Wes Craven's A New Nightmare, and that was in 95. He kind of reinvented Freddy again, this time having that actress play herself, like a fictional version of herself, and actually Wes Craven was in it. It was, yeah. it was in the re- real world, and it was a whole new concept then as well of having the movie come alive. Freddy came out of the movie and into their lives, so it was really trippy concept, but... You know, that's basically 
all you could do really to get another story out of you know they did they did everything you know um they had their high points but well it wasn't until we finally figured out that freddy could fight jason yeah that they could bring well, him and back. that was fan fiction forever and then they finally did it that's kind of like the equivalent of batman versus superman yeah, yeah in the horror yeah, world yeah and it, you know i i hadn't seen that freddy versus jason in a long time and i don't think wes had anything to do with it other than creed and freddy obviously yeah but that was just humor you know just comedy and that's what those characters became gradually yeah. you know they came less scary more corny and funny and yeah and you know those are those are a lot of uh, things people remember those characters for but probably the worst jason movie jason 10 <laughs> is that is that space yes yes i that's, saw that that is a it and it i only laugh because of the time that jason puts the girl's face in that um what is that stuff that freezes instantly oh um <laughs> I can't dry, remember. It's not dry. Ice. I know what you're talking yeah, about. But he, yeah, he just and then she, her face Cry is like frozen. Yes, yeah. and then he smashes it on the table, and I'm like, really? <laughs> the, be- the best part, I think, was when it, it, was, it got trippy. They put him in a hologram in the very beginning, and so he's in the woods, and he yeah. grabs somebody in a sleeping bag, and he just kept hitting them into the tree, <laughs> and they were dying, and he was like, "What's going on?" Because it was, oh, all, yeah, it was yeah. all programmed. So that was like that was like probably the high point of that movie. Otherwise, it was like and Jason what Ten. The hell yeah! Oh, and then don't forget about the android that's in there. Oh my gosh! That loses her head or something like that, but still has carky puns. Yeah, she had her she had yeah. her uh, scene coming up. She's like, I'm gonna kick some ass, and she just gets decapitated right away. <laughs> She's like, Sorry guys, yeah. What a mess that was. Oh. Yeah, jeez. Oh. But yeah, I mean, that's just the thing. Like, you know, he he had to reinvent this franchise to to you know bring it back and. Of course, you know, after New Nightmare, we only time we got Freddy after that was Freddy vs. Jason, which yep. came many years later. But, you know, I, I don't think there's a lot of people who love New Nightmare. I, I like it. I like the concept. It's, uh, it's you know, what they could do with the character at the well, time. So. Well, I think the, the premise of the original Nightmare was so brilliant because mm-hmm. the horror of it is it's something you can't escape because everybody has to go to sleep at some point. Yeah, and right. So the, so the fear of falling asleep and not being it or, or maybe not waking up in time to escape your this Freddy guy in your dream is... Well, and then, uh, it's, yeah. That's a brilliant idea. I mean, oh, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's such a brilliant idea. I think the only flaw I found in the movie was that you know, so much of it depended on the other characters besides Nancy being really stupid or like real or in denial, yeah, or saying, "Oh, Nancy, go to sleep. You're you're being hysterical. You're, kid, yeah. Oh yeah, it's yeah. like oh, it's just a dream. You know, it's like even when she wound up with his hat, you know, out of yeah, she's in the sleep disorder, you know, uh, hospital or whatever. She she winds up with the hat and like carved up her. She's like has uh, cut. They're like, oh, well, send the kid home. You know, it's like, yeah, oh, right. that that Nancy. Oh, yeah. you know, she's a cutter. In <laughs> that, that, that fluorescent lighting they use in the hospital, uh, from from my memory, because you know Al saw this uh, two nights ago. Is that when? Yeah, you saw a couple it? nights ago. Yeah. How, how did it hold up to you? Did it? Uh, oh, I thought it was. I thought it was really creepy. I thought yeah. it was. Uh, yeah, I thought it was uh, pretty brilliantly done. Just uh, the acting didn't hold up as much, right? Yeah. Or, well, I mean, you know, it's the eighties, and yeah, of you know, course, and the the writing wasn't. You know, amazing or anything, but I but I thought that just the tone of it and the the way it was filmed, the, the effects I thought were were outstanding. They really held up well, and, and yeah, and I thought I thought it was it was super creepy, and it was mm-hmm. and uh, it was really yeah, it was really disturbing some parts yeah. of it. But you know, but uh, but some of it was a little bit over the top, like when Johnny Depp's character. No spoilers, you know. Uh, <laughs> you know this movie was released in 1984. People, and, but uh, <laughs> if you haven't seen it by yeah, now, the, the way I was some getting of, ready to damn it, the way some of the characters are dispatched, it gets it gets more and more ridiculous. But but 
so it's not quite as like grounded and and in a way it's like it almost lessens the horror of it by by being more spectacular with the gruesomeness because wasn't he in a waterbed when he died uh well I think it was just a regular bed but it was he a got regular pulled bed down into you know, yeah maybe that's how I thought in the fountain of waterbed yeah hitting the ceiling yeah. Yeah, well, the first killing is very trippy. Have you? Has it been a while since you've seen it? Or you know what? I've seen other Freddies. I've never seen the first. Never seen the first one. Nope. Okay. Well, yeah, the very or Tina, her yeah, friend Tina. When she's, they had to do that whole room, um, you know, uh, concept of. Oh, did know. they have to flip the room to get her to be? Because yeah, like, she goes up on the ceiling. And, yeah, like oh, Freddy wow. is invisible and he's like he's. Is it kind of like Inception where they have the whole room tumble? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that's the same technology. Yeah. That was brilliantly done. I yeah, that, that was, was probably. Really good. That's probably a first back then. I don't know what other movies were using that, but yeah, I mean, those movies probably helped technology. You know how we use it today in other, you know, cooler movies. You know, as I was, re- ones. oh, sorry to interrupt. No, you're, you're fine. You know, as I was uh, uh, researching Nightmare, I, I was looking at IMDb. The the lady that Heather Langenkamp, the lady that plays Nancy, she's like looks a lot older now. But then the the uh, the lady that played uh, her friend Tina. She like she looks like super young and like she's blonde hair, blue eyed. She looks even better than she did back then. I'm like, somebody's had some work done here or something. That's because she was preserved when she died. I guess. So, yeah. so, so it's it's kind of funny how these actors age all these thirty years some later. Like Johnny Depp, he's still looks pretty great, and uh, right. he's he's older obviously, but yeah, but he was super skinny back then. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's funny hair and everything. It's funny yeah. to see these movies that were made you know thirty years ago, and if they're still alive, it's funny to look at the actors now. It's like whoa. <laughs> Some of them are like, not you know, they're so different now. Oh yeah. Well, did he make uh, what's eating Gilbert grape after that? Johnny Depp. Yeah. Oh, that was many years. No, later. Oh, yes. that was that was like years? a de- that was a decade. Later. It was like ninety three. Yeah. Wow. I think he made that. Yeah, I think he did. Uh, Depp did uh, Crybaby. I know I've been early nineties, but after I'm trying to think after Nightmare, what he did, I don't know. Well, he did Platoon with Oliver Stone. Oh, of he course. had a small role in that. Yeah. And he, yeah, he had a, he had some smaller roles. He didn't really, really break out until what Twenty One Jump Street on TV. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. So. yeah. And see, I've never seen that TV show. Really, you seen the movies though? Uh, forced to watch one didn't. Didn't like, like it? it? No. Yeah. They, he, it was forced comedy. Yeah, yeah. He, he, did, I, I, he didn't really that. start becoming a household name until 21 Jump Street. Yeah, yeah, and then he left the show, and then he went on to, you know, Edward So he pulled Hands. a Rob Lowe and yeah, left the show. pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he actually uh, popped back up in um, the fifth Friday, or uh, Freddy movie, I'm sorry, not Friday. Uh, oh gosh, I think it was, well, it might have been the sixth, actually, uh, Freddy, Freddy's Dead or something like that. He actually popped up on a... Uh, one of those, you remember the drug commercials from the eighties? This is your brain. Oh yeah, the eggs. You know, he basically did a uh, you know a skit version of that you know, that commercial. Sweet. These kids were in this this house, and oh man, I, that movie was so crazy. Uh, Tom and uh, Tom Arnold and Roseanne Barr were in it. Yeah, they play some like creepy neighbors or something. It's been a long time, but basically... they would be creepy neighbors <laughs> yeah. with or without the show writing them like that. Yeah, yeah. And Sounds like it almost kind of was starting to become a parody of itself. Pretty much at that point. Yeah, and basically these kids were in this house when they were watching TV, and Johnny Depp came on, and basically it ended up he got hit in the face with a frying pan, and I think that was the <laughs> end of the commercial. Yeah. So yeah, he did kind of, which you know. I guess looking back, it's kind of like I wonder why he did that because I don't even think Wes had anything to do with that movie. You know, I think he just characters only. Yeah, but yeah, definitely the new Nightmare was uh, the best way to go after that movie because they pretty much just kind of like Brian Singer coming back after the third X Men to right yeah. the wrong. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah, that's what he did, and of course, 
you know, he didn't do any more Freddies after that. Um, actually, in the 80s, he did do a few episodes of uh, Freddy's, I don't know if it was called Freddy's Nightmare. They had a TV show. Yes, I do remember that. I thought it was called Friday the 13th. Or thir- uh, Friday, yeah, it was Friday. The- something like that, yeah. I know that there, it was, didn't- there, was, a, there was a Friday the 13th, uh, but I think they were separate. I think it was like Freddy's New Nightmare or Freddy's Nightmare or something like that. But I still remember this one episode watching it and i think he might have wrote for the show too but he uh this oh gosh it was this babysitter and she uh just got really fat (laughs) in this one episode it was like a twilight zone but it was really trippy (laughs) and she just like swollen up you know and it was just so grotesque i remember i was eating a hot dog at the time and i bout threw up in my dad's kitchen because we were watching it, <laughs> and he's like, "All right, enough of this, enough of this." And yeah, that's the only thing I remember from that show. It was very trippy. It was like this pretty babysitter who worshipped her body, and so I guess she got payback for doing that. And then she's probably she's probably bad to the kids and something like that. So yeah, karma happened. Sounds like she, a Twilight Zone episode almost. Yeah, that's pretty much what they they were like. And actually, he did direct. He did direct at least one episode of The Twilight Zone in the 80s. Oh. Was the it called ex- Freddy's Nightmares? Yes. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. It actually shows that it has Robert England as one of the characters in there. Really? Not yeah. Freddy, though? Uh, I think as Freddy. It, sh- it aired from 88 to 90. Oh, you know, I think he kind of did like a Tales from the uh, Crypt type of thing. He'd introduce oh, the episode, okay. maybe. As Freddy? I think so. Okay. He didn't... They were just kind of their own thing. Like, he had nothing to do with the show itself. Because like, there was also another show called Friday the 13th. Yes. And I yeah, I remember that, too. That was pretty much the same concept, except Jason. I don't... I think it all... You know what? I think it all took place in the Crystal Lake town or whatever town it was by gotcha yeah just creepiness in the air basically so yeah he did do a few uh, uh tv shows of uh freddie and he also did uh, twilight zone he actually cast bruce willis i think bruce willis got his first part from west casting him in this particular twilight episode he did oh cool yeah so yeah there's a lot of cool things i found out about him and uh, so yeah, years later he did Scream, of course, 1996. I still remember seeing that. And this is kind of marks the second, uh, yeah, kind of renaissance uh, of his career because second coming. Yeah, uh, because now you know these movies that were on the cutting edge are no longer. All these cliches are no longer new. They're kind of so. What where where else could you go except to like be self referential, kind of poke some fun at it, but also at the same time be be scary so that was a br- uh, yet another brilliant uh yeah innovation of his is- and that's what a new nightmare kind of led to because that was all about self-awareness and yeah he just took it a step further yeah and it was and it yeah. was a sign of the time just like the the you know the the introduction of a more violent more graphic kind of movie mm-hmm. in the 70s was on the cutting edge now this in a more cynical kind of 90s you know generation x kind of Environment and so oh well now we'll you know now we'll be kind of hip and we'll make fun of ourselves but at the same time be really you know we'll still you know still be something new that people haven't seen before in terms of uh, in terms of combining the comedy with the right. with the horror movie so it was so I, yeah I think I don't know who wrote that who wrote Scream but I, I don't know, I it wasn't him was, and I, I apologize I don't have the name in front of me I think but 
Oh, it was, you know, he loved the script. That's why he did it. And I think much. the guy went on to do some other some other work too. Whoever wrote it, but yes, um, yes, he did. But yeah, I thought the Scream series, up, uh, you know, at least the first couple were, were pretty brilliant. Well, it so. had that. It had that. I remember they were extremely popular with them back then too. Like people, kids loved it back then. People, it had that, people our age, right? It had that pre-credit scene too. I think that was a new introduced concept. You know, you had Drew Barrymore in the house by herself, right? Popcorn popping. And her whole monologue was making fun of the the horror genre, how predictable it was. You yeah. know, she's on the phone with the guy, and I remember that was so so creepy. You know, just to imagine being out in the middle of nowhere. It, that's pretty much where she was. And it introduced, uh, you know, Ghostface, I guess, yes. uh, who was who's become just as almost as big of an icon as Freddy in terms of a horror villains. Well, that's the beauty of his work, Wes Craven's work, is you not only have his movies, but you also have you have. Freddy masks, yeah. uh, the ghost face masks. I mean, you see them all the time in in these costume shops you go to, or you know, even in the store. I mean, that's just uh, it's you know, there's not too many horror directors who were able to. He was pretty much the first, probably, to pave the way. Of course, you you know, you had Michael Myers, but that was a borrowed Captain Kirk mask. They, yeah, they you know fixed up. But yeah, this uh, yeah, this scream was just another. It just brought him back it's probably his highest success yeah and i thought and i thought the actors in it i thought for some of them i thought that was one of their you know probably their most memorable roles i yeah. know jamie kennedy i've you know he's been okay in other things but i, I always remember best for being that you know that kid in scream who knew everything about horror movies it's the first time we ever saw him yeah yeah and uh, you know had in nev campbell that was probably one of her most memorable you know probably her most popular role um most memorable or most popular yes most memorable for me well Wild, Wild things, things. Yeah. yeah. Well, oh yeah, that's why. <laughs> Let's not forget about that movie. Yes. Guys. Yeah. Yes. Well, it's what she's best known for, anyway. Yeah. It, yeah. It, I agree. Uh, or Wild party Things of is five. probably a very close second. <laughs> well, she or maybe yeah. Party of Five. I don't know. Yeah, but. Party of Five was first. <laughs> that was her. Yeah, yeah, that she started out on TV. But you know what's five. crazy is that everybody from Party of Five actually had a decent career afterwards. Yeah. I mean, the guy from uh, the guy guy. Um, the oldest, I can't remember. Matthew what Fox. Yes, he was on Lost. Mm-hmm. Um, that younger kid. She was yeah. in not another, another teen teen movie. Yeah, she's, she's been, been on some other stuff. Yeah, she's oh, God, Jennifer. Uh, are you talking? No, about she oh. basically is a clone of her, though. Almost. I mean, they kind of have. They Jennifer, look the, same. the one with the little baby girl voice, kind of. Uh, not Jennifer Love Hewitt. Oh, yeah, oh, the younger. Is it Lacey Shaber? Yes. Yeah. Something yeah. Like her name. She's doing well. <laughs> is that her name? I don't even know. <laughs> Lacey Chambert. Come on in. I don't know how no, you pronounce it. Yeah. I was just kidding. Um, there seems to be a knock at the door, fellows. I'll yeah, be we have a special guest. Yeah. Oh. Oh, hello. What's the secret word? No. <laughs> Please. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Apologize. I didn't uh, explain uh, the just a slight synopsis of Scream in case some of you out listening to this don't know what Scream was about, but it was basically... Uh, it was basically a, a girl attempting uh, to, to cope with her mother's murder, and her uh, friends were obsessed with horror movies, and basically they were getting stalked by a murderer, and they just the whole time they were just running for their lives pretty much. They were getting the classic yeah. phone calls with the the quizzes, you know, uh, the you know the most popular one, who was the first killer in Friday Thirteenth. And, you know, she said Jason Voorhees, and he was like, wrong. It's kind of funny, though. If you think about Scream in a way, it's kind of like a satire to all the horror movies in the 80s. Mm -hmm. But it was scary. Yes, exactly. So it's making fun of those old movies, and he was the one directing and started everything 
in the 80s, really. So yeah. it's cool in a way for him to be able to make fun of himself. So I think yeah. it, it kind of started a new trend where it did. other movies are trying to do oh, I know what you did last summer. There, there were other oh, movies yes, trying absolutely. to do that. Yep. And later. of course, you had the Scream sequels. But yeah, I mean, yeah. the whole concept was scary because, you know, you always took away from watching scary movies like they're not real. They're just mm-hmm. on TV. But in this case, they became the characters were you pretty much like people coming to life. Yeah. And there really wasn't a supernatural element. It was all like realistic, you know. I mean, I could be argued some scenes were probably <laughs> how do you get here to there and, and whatever. But well, and I'm not going to be banging the next hot girl in my high school. Yeah, so, yeah some of yeah. it's unrealistic. Right? Yeah, exactly. And the funny thing is, the original title because um, you know this was written by somebody else. Wes uh, happened to pick up the script and. He was interested in it. I almost want to say it was Kevin Williamson. I don't that's, know. Yeah, that's actually right. Yeah. Yep. yep. Wow, I can't believe I pulled Good that memory. out of that. Wow. The, uh, yeah, the original title was Scary Movie, which is funny because eventually that's what we got. Scary Movie was a parody of yeah. the Scream movies, pretty much. At least which jump-started Anna Faris' career. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And he basically came on board the project after uh, he was trying to remake The Haunting, which that eventually came out with Liam Neeson. Had nothing to do with Wes, but Wes was trying to make that movie. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah, it's, it's always been about the family. Yeah, and I don't think I don't know if that that probably does not hold up well. I I from the original, I don't know. Yeah, hard to say. Uh, but he, yeah, that fell through, and so that led to this. Uh, basically, Bob Weinstein. He was he owned Miramax with his brother Harvey. That he asked Wes if he would want to come on and direct the movie. So yeah, the Weinstein's actually came up with the title Scream. And they came up with it from listening to the Michael Jackson song at the time, Scream. Oh, cool. Him and Janet Jackson. So This was back in the 90s when Miramax was putting out all these amazing movies. Artsy movies. Yeah. And, yeah actually, I Movies think, that generally wouldn't get you know right. uh, a big studio Is Miramax them. gone? Uh, yeah. No, well, well, Disney owns Miramax, but the Weinsteins... Yeah. Are, do, as, it, as it existed, it no longer The exists, Weinsteins so. have their own production company do they um, yeah and I think Dimension I think Dimension was a subsidiary to Miramax because that's so. Scream was put through Dimension yeah because I was going to say a lot of Kevin Smith movies came through yes. Miramax Miramax yes yeah. exactly and yeah they still yeah the Tarantino early Tarantino movies were. oh I forgot about that yeah. yes God almighty <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. What land they, they put out a lot of they they put out found. a lot of great movies back in the nineties. Well, that's um, that's the fascinating thing was at, at, since he was with the Weinstein's to make Scream and it was a success, they gave him a multi-picture deal, and one of those deals was to do a non-genre movie. So he did Music of the Heart, which starred Meryl, Meryl Streep. She got an Oscar nomination for that. So he you know he wasn't just about horror. He did. So wait, he did a serious movie. Yeah, it was about like. Uh, inner youth kids not getting uh, taught to play instruments uh, like the program is getting mm-hmm. taken away kind of like you know it's happening now but yeah that's what it was about she came in and uh, I think it was inspired by true events and she came in to teach these kids and it was a really uplifting story he loved classical music so that got him he didn't write it he, he found the script but he, he liked he liked it because of that element and he used to be a teacher so he was able to relate to it so yeah that was that was in 99 he did that so and I never saw that movie. But Gosh, how come I never heard about it then? Yeah. Well, you know, I think it's just one of those sleeper sleeper hits. I don't even know if it was a hit. But well, it doesn't sound like it's the kind of movie that has mass appeal to begin with. But because it's more of a, a movie for adults and not so much, you know, it's not really a genre movie like that mm-hmm. would be for kids. Or well, We had Dangerous Minds. Maybe people were like, that. I've seen that. And, you know, it's probably another type of movie. There's Dangerous a lot of movies. Obviously not uh, as violent, <laughs> but... 
dangerous. There's mind a lot of movies that are somewhat have that similar theme. Mr. Holland's Opus, and yeah, you know, and then Sister Act. And those were all Miramax, weren't they? Yeah, I, I think believe so. so. Mr. Yeah, Holland's right. Opus was, mm-hmm. or no, Touchstone. It might have been Touchstone. Oh, like, maybe that could be. They're, Touchstone? they're all Disney. Uh, yeah, Touchstone's still around. They can't remember. I remember. I remember them popping up on some movie like you know recently, and I was like, "Holy crap, they're still around!" Because wow. you, you get to see that touchstone. Banner. Yeah, you see, you see the yeah. the donut, and then, then it pops. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, they're still around, but yeah, those are you know those are glory times, glory days, and you know he had all these projects coming out and artsy, and then yeah, the they got into the scary genre, and then they parodied their own genre they they yeah. had with the scary movie franchise, which. I think they went up to five. Did Pro- they? Probably shouldn't have, but... <laughs> well, by that time, what was it? After three, they stopped using Anna Faris? Uh, and then they went to like Leslie like Nielsen that. or something? I think after four, actually. After four? <laughs> yes, three was... That's a- right, because they had Charlie Sheen. Yes, and after two, they lost the Waynes brothers, who created the whole concept. Yeah, because the second one was when they went to the Haunted Mansion. Right, <laughs> they, they that was theirs, but yeah, the third one, yeah. it went away. Like, but how see, long can we milk this for? Yeah, well, <laughs> that's basically, you know, like these other horror movies, it's kind of like, it definitely was a parody of these other horror movies, because they just kept going. You so know? it took, what, some, something that was a, a satire or a parody of itself and made it even... a. A, a full on, full blown parody. Right. Yeah. So, yeah I much. I did learn one yeah. valuable thing though. Ghosts can get crabs from a booty call. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most important thing I learned from the second scary movie. And can you get smoked <laughs> by more, a ghost? The more like you know. you're a big marijuana joint. Yes, you can. What was his? Do you remember his name? The the pothead guy. Oh, Marlon Wayne's yeah. character, Smokey. No, it wasn't Smokey. That's not Friday. Oh. <laughs> Another Friday. Uh, <laughs> you got Friday on the brain. Yeah, I guess. Well, yeah, it's coming up, right? Ice Cube. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's Friday. <laughs> We've <We're> clubbing. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> We've merged into the Friday portion of the podcast. <laughs> so, Another movie. Yeah, the last movie I saw of his uh, was Red Eye. That came out in 2005. And I remember that was an interesting take. Because that was another... It wasn't uh, exactly a horror movie. It was a thriller. And it had a great... Great concept, I thought. You know, uh, I still remember that watching the preview. It's very misleading, but it's basically about a woman who gets kidnapped by a stranger on a routine flight, and threatened by a, a, a potential murderer of her father. She is pulled into the plot to assist her captor in offering uh, or offing a politician. So it's uh, basically the whole uh, preview from what I remember started out was like, you know, girl meets guy at the airport, they fall in love kind of, or flirt, and they, they're they sitting next to each other on the plane. Isn't that, isn't that lovely? And then I remember the preview, it takes a dark turn right away. And he, yeah, he comes forward and says, um, I'm going to kill your father if you don't help me out, basically. Who, who starred in that movie? Uh, Cillian Murphy. Oh, okay. I think that's how you say so his he, name, and Rachel McAdams. Oh, Rachel McAdams. He directed okay. that movie, huh? Yes. Because that was right after Batman Oh, out. yes, it was. Yep, yep. So yeah, he, he had you know there's a face there to be yeah. like oh I've seen him wow yeah I, that seemed like an intense thriller yeah oh yeah I mean there's a scene where he he headbutts her like, oh yeah there's it's crazy like well, Cillian Murphy is creepy to begin with oh he yeah, is. yeah yeah he's well, he's in what he's in Twenty Eight Days Later he played Scarecrow I think in Batman yeah he played Scarecrow yeah. he's yeah. also in Inception that rich boy yes. son oh, right yeah 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 uh, he's yeah. already creepy yeah. yeah well you know it's perfect casting then but yeah, yeah that's uh, that was the last movie I saw of his, like, you know, uh, current movie. 
that was I, I really liked that. I thought it was a good story, and I, I hadn't seen it for a long time. But uh, I'd be curious to know if it you know lived up. You know, if it red eye. Yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I'm sure that's one of those movies that we need to revisit. Like, say, maybe five, seven years from now. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. See. Yeah. Exactly. Well, there's a lot of movies of his I still haven't seen, like The Hills Have Eyes. I mean, oh yeah. That's something, yeah. That's something I need to see. But they remade one and two of The Hills Have Eyes. Yes. He. Uh, but yeah. was he in the remade version? He, he produced them. He produced. He produced okay. remakes to The Last House on the Left mm-hmm. and The Hills Have Eyes, and I think I think his son wrote uh, Hills Have Eyes too. So I think they did a remake sequel, a true sequel probably to the original but yeah that was basically the last thing he did was produce those movies so is his son getting into production then or oh i'm sure yeah because i know he's at least written um he's written some stuff and wow yeah so yeah he, he's out there i'm sure and i think his daughter you know uh, going back to the research you know she helped uh, read actors for the parts and nightmares so i'm pretty sure she's she's got to be an actress I'm, I'm sure i'm sure they're in the field you know but they're pre- they can't they're you know if he was in his seventies they they I assume they have to be at least in their what forties fifties late thirties forties yeah yeah but I think he was married a few times so he might oh. have he might have <laughs> might to, have some youngins out there well yeah I mean <laughs> well uh, I just from pictures I've seen uh, it was with him and his son and they were riding the the hills of ice too I believe and his son uh, well his son looked like he was probably in his forties so yeah I guess that was you know. They're up there, but maybe all grandkids in the profession. Who knows? But, but yeah, just uh, wrapping up on Red Eye, um, I just wanted to, to share that he, he did this movie because he always wanted to do a thriller, and you know the movie just uh, just spoke to him. Basically, he uh, just thought it was an interesting take on, on uh, you know on a predictable another. It's another self-aware thing, you know, because especially watching the preview, you're like. Oh, I know what this is about. This is a love story, you know. Yeah. And we've had some movies since, and I don't recall what they are, but I know that we've had that twist a lot, you know, with recent films. No one gives you romance quite like Wes Craven. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the love doctor. Well. Rachel McAdams. <laughs> well, guys, I mean, there's boobs in most of his movies, so. Yes, God bless. No. Uh, <laughs> Adrian Barbo. <laughs> Thank you. So yeah, have you seen Adrian's Barbos? <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna need to do one more take. Sorry, <laughs> it's been five takes. No, yeah, I know, yeah. but yeah, we got to do it. You know, it's for the fans. So yeah, he basically ended uh, uh, with producing. I think he uh, did some other films, um, you know, smaller films. But yeah, that was the last. Uh, that was the last movie I saw. I mean, did you guys all catch Red Eye? Do you- I no, I didn't no. actually. No. Yeah, well, it's worth it's worth checking out. It really is, and you know, especially if you're not a horror fan, it's just a thriller. Basically, it's you know, Freddy's not up there or anything. So. And that's his last work. Uh, uh, that was his last director. like big big project. Yeah, I think he did uh, some uh, smaller films, or he at least produced, and I think he did some writing here and there. Did he have anything else in development when he passed away, or not I that I could is see? He kind of retired, maybe. I think he kind of retired. I mean, it looks like he was doing just shorts of things. Probably with his health, he probably yeah, yeah. wasn't able to. He's probably trying to keep that private, and yeah. yeah. In the limelight, yeah, yeah. It's pretty, pretty bad. But you know, hey, he did. He had some great work, and he, he really left us did. And he really reinvented the whole the genre, the horror genre. I mean, 
you know, those ideas are still used today with all these new movies we see. Yeah, they're, I mean, there, there's been people that have directed, you know, really great horror movies, but I'm not sure they're the body of work. I'm trying to think of somebody else who has that kind right. of body of work. That's the really, other thing. It's yeah. difficult to come up with anyone. Right, yeah, because, I mean, he's kind of like a rock star horror director. You don't really have those anymore. You have all these movies, but you really don't know who the director is. You know, it's just, uh, like, you have all those Saw films, but I think those were all directed by other people, and you... you I don't know any of the directors. You know, that's that's the biggest franchise we've had, I think, lately. But, you know, it's just really... There's really no one like him, it seems, uh, anymore. I mean, you have the Rob Zombies, but those are very... Mm, those go back to Grindhouse kind of movies. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. It, a lot of that's borrowing from what Wes did. And, oh, yeah, they're, they're... Yeah, they're... Yeah, without him, yeah, there wouldn't be no Rob Zombies. Right, so, and of yeah. course... Yeah. And, of course, they, they did reboot Freddy um, a few years back at mm-hmm. Jack Earl Haley... Um, did you guys check that one out? At I all? didn't actually. I haven't. I've wanted to, but I I feel that he would be a great Freddy. He was, yeah. But I think he I, was good for what I, I haven't seen it, so I don't know. Yeah, I, I well, I think he had the best uh, best chance to make it great, and it's not a horrible remake. It's kind of unnecessary, really. Mm-hmm. But I get what they were going at. You know, they wanted to refresh the audience, like, hey, remember this is a new guy, kind of. Yeah. These well, that's the kids. excuse for every remake. Nowadays, I know, like, I know. It's and, for a new generation. Yeah. Exactly. So, this time with girls. <laughs> well, I think I think that, yeah, I think that's why Wes produced these remakes to his earlier films because he didn't have probably a ton of money to do what he wanted to do, and he learned, you know, from those experiences. So, I don't know if the newer remakes of these earlier films were as, as grotesque or or not. You know, you know, you got CGI now, so who knows? It could have been. Well, well, like I mentioned earlier, so the, like the last house on the left, it was more horrifying because it was so real. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. like fountains of blood coming out of the bed, you know, a nightmare. You know, it, it was, could happen. Basically, yeah, it was That's like these people it. really are like psychotic and and like where Freddy is a monster, but you know, you don't think of him as real, real. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, like some con- convicted rapist killer on the loose kidnapping your daughter and. Yeah, that seems kind of, that's a lot, hits a lot closer to home, right? Because you know, Freddy and and Ghostface are iconic characters versus like the average hillbilly, whatever inbred person out in the middle of nowhere or psycho. Those are real people, you know. They could be, yeah, yeah. yeah so. Well, people, there's people out there that do exist. They're like that serial killer. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's no, the real so threat. So yeah, I mean, so, yeah. yeah. So that's what makes it more horrifying to me. Is like yeah. it's, it's much more realistic. Yeah, exactly. So a lot. More, that's what made it more disturbing. Those those kinds of movies. Yeah, it just puts you right in it. So yeah, yeah. It, it, so so yeah. When it's like some big monster that could never possibly exist, it's like, well, there's a little bit of distance between that. It's like, yeah, it's horrifying, but you know, and then it's not real. But you know, um, but yeah, that's the irony. Is like the more you know, the more realistic it seems. Like that's that's the more disturbing it is. At least for me. Right. Know. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, for me, it's more. Uh, with with what you're saying, Al, it has to be realistic. Has to be something that looks like it's not produced. Yeah, like well, that, just well that's like, the thing is like I don't enjoy it though. It's like I I don't either. It's like, it's like you can I acknowledge it's a great movie, but it's like yes. man, I can't watch that again because it's just so exactly. Creepy. I don't I yeah. don't like it. now to me those religious ones like The Exorcism and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know where there is some history beyond the movie where you hear stories and stuff like that. That makes it scary. I watched The Exorcist uh, with a group of friends down in my friend's basement, <laughs> and you know there were creaks and pops going on in his old house. Anyway, oh, so my it gosh. just 
Perfect. I, I ran out of the house when we were done watching it and went back home. Really? And then, you know, yeah. when you come home, all the lights are off, so then you run upstairs and turn on yep. the TV as quickly as possible. So, I mean, that kind of stuff is what scares me. And and those older movies with the grittier look, yeah. that non-produced look is what makes it. Right. It, yeah, because it, it just drives it home because, yeah, you CG and stuff. It's like, well, that's nah, you can spot that. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I remember my stepmom talking about Halloween. After she saw it, she was afraid to drive home by herself. She actually had a friend go with her because she was afraid he was mm-hmm. going to be in the back seat. Yeah, yeah. Movies like Halloween, like you know, like Wes Craven's, you know, some of his movies, they really hold up after all these years. You know, like they yeah, do. It's, they, it's like they're still just as terrifying. Yeah, yeah. they get, get in your mind, and yeah, I mean, I'm a wimp after I see a scary movie. Oh, usually, yeah. I'm just like you know, we have these parties once a year to watch them with friends and family, and good for I, you. Yeah, well, yeah. It, I do not invite me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Well, I did, and uh, <laughs> but I understand. Yeah, because you know I, I'm I'm a wuss. Like I'll watch them like this sometimes with my hand in front of my face, you know, and just kind of peek my fingers and like, oh yeah, it was scary. <laughs> but yeah, it's <laughs> no, like it's no, like I'm gonna go pee my pants. Yeah, it's like when everybody leaves, I'm like, I don't want to go downstairs and check things. Like uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna yeah, I'm just gonna get my baseball bat and uh, get in the corner. So yeah, but it's just kind of like you get kind of like a you know a, I don't know what what's the word I'm looking for. A, kind of get a, a buzz off of the sca- mm-hmm. scariness you know it's it's like you survived it with the people even though it's it's all fake but. see i think we need to make a movie and we need a good script but what we need to do is work with a couple psychologists you know mm-hmm. so that we can get into the minds of everybody and really screw people up yeah oh my gosh do you yeah. think the, the fun we could have with that yeah well, well, it's not I, as easy to come up with an original idea these days it really is like it's all been done by now yeah I've got like one, that's actually. that's the time to have started doing that was in the seventies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. And maybe they did. But what's nice about today is you got the technology; you can make it really easy. Yeah. You know, um, just it's made it much easier stuff. without having to buy film. Or, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah. Thank God, there's no film. You know, I mean, even though it looks great, but man, that's expensive stuff. But no, yeah, you have to develop it. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I mean, that leads you to believe like newer movies. You know, I wonder, I wonder, you know, who is the? I don't know if Wes ever contacted some psychiatrist to try and get into the psyche of you know how yeah. people fear and all that but I, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if you know current movies they do a lot of research into all that to try and get all the scares out of you and yeah. you know because maybe if it's a shitty movie but if it scares you enough it's like that was really a good scary yeah. movie you well know? I think nowadays the new the newest trend is the found footage movie I think what, yeah. what was a, what Blair Witch was, Blair Blair Witch was, was the one. first I think that's what kicked it off is like oh it seems so real i mean you know it just seems so visceral and real the most recent one i haven't seen it i it looked funny to me actually it was called unfriended i think it came out about a year ago i remember everybody's on their laptops it's all about skyping and yeah but the funny thing is it's like are these people running through their house with their laptop in their face because it's like what what are they talking into? Because you got to imagine it's the laptop. Yeah. So it's like, are they are they carrying this thing everywhere? <laughs> like FaceTime or something? Yeah, yeah. That's what it was, and that's that's how it paid off. Like you got to see them die on the FaceTime, basically, and then you know their line would go dead. You know, unfriended. So, <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, you know, horror movies have come a long way, and yeah, it's just and especially this time of year. You know, they're popular, very popular, and to look back and see some old ones and some new ones so um that's pretty much all i have uh, on wes and you know i think we had a good conversation about it and you know it was very educational learning learning about him so i, I guess i just wanted to, to um end with just a, a quote from him 
and then uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll call it call it quits for now. Um, he basically uh, quoted saying, um, "Horror films don't create fear; they release it." So. I don't know. They created fear for me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, thanks yeah, for a couple diapers. <laughs> hey, that's what he said. You know, I don't know. Yeah, but uh, anyway, either way, uh, you know, great, great man. He, you know, he did a lot of uh, good for the for the genre and scaring the hell out of us. And you know, as a kid and as an adult, so extremely successful what he did. Absolutely, yes. absolutely. So I hope everyone uh, listening enjoyed this, and uh, we'll be back. Take care. Bye guys. Bye guys. <laughs>